This is Real Estate Rookie, episode 146. My name is Ashley Kerr, living my best Alex Cooper life in a full matching sweatsuit, lounging on my couch with microphone in hand <laughs> with my lovely co-host, Tony Robinson, in the same black shirt he wears for every recording. <laughs> This is actually a new black shirt that I got for Christmas. Oh, so I got several wow. black shirts for Christmas. <laughs> but uh, if this is your first time hanging out with me and Ashley, welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we bring you the inspiration, information, motivation that you need to get started and to keep going in your real estate investing journey. So Ash, what do we got on the docket for today? Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal Do Not Call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller-financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent to retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. But you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Corporate Direct is your professional and affordable option for getting your LLC done right. They handle the state filings, draft your operating agreement, and act as your registered agent. They'll even help you comply with the Corporate Transparency Act a new federal disclosure law affecting every real estate investor. Corporate Direct is a family business founded by attorney, author, and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton over 35 years ago. Now, his son Ted is a licensed attorney working with him. Together, they've helped thousands of real estate investors form and maintain their LLCs and protect their assets. If you're trying to build a real estate portfolio, do not skip the LLC. 
Head over to corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Ricky and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets. So we had talked about this a little couple of days ago, and I really want to do this as our rookie reply. So you did an Instagram post about how last year... So this was right around the time you had just become the podcast host and you had gotten fired from your job. I would love to talk about that because we had the conversation when you got fired as to say, you know, you were just going to take some time off. You guys were going on your honeymoon, different things, and then you were going to start applying and getting a new job. And I said, I don't think you'll ever go back, ha, 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 but okay, good luck. <laughs> yeah. And so let's follow through what has happened. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so if, if you guys didn't see, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, it's at Tony J. Robinson, but I posted December 23rd will be a day that the kind of really important day for me, for my family, because December 23rd of 2020, I got fired from my job and unexpected kind of out of the blue. And right before Christmas too. Two days before Christmas, I've been married for a month. Like you said, my, my honeymoon was coming up. So just a, a lot of weird thing, just really weird timing. And, you know, like most people, after you get fired, you're kind of in shock. You know, there's some fear that kind of rushes over you, I think, like most people. And like I, I shared with Ashley, like my initial instinct was, okay, you know, cool. Let me let me go out and find another job. I was a senior level manager at, at my last company and, you know, I had, had a really big team and I had kind of climbed the corporate ladder. But when you get fired from somewhere, trying to go out and find something else is a little bit more difficult, right? Like regardless of what the reason is that you got fired, like there's kind of this stigma that comes along with that. So it becomes increasingly difficult to kind of find something that's comparable to what you had before. So I went on several interviews, put in a bunch of applications and I would go through the whole song and dance and do all the interviews and, you know, shake hands and do all those things you're supposed to do. But I got rejection after rejection. So I had a decision to make at that point. It's do I go out and find some other job where maybe I'm overqualified and underpaid because I did get a job offer, but it was for a job that I maybe would have taken like four years before, right? When I was like fresh out of college, didn't have as much experience and a fraction of what I was making at my last job. So I could go out, I could find a job where I was overqualified, underpaid, or I could use that as an opportunity to kind of bet on myself and see just how big I could grow the business that we had started. So made the decision to bet on myself. And it was uh, quite the wild 12 months <laughs> ever since. Was there like one moment where you were like, okay, that's it. I'm going full-time into real estate. Like I'm going to make this work. Or was it more like gradual? Like, wow, this is actually working for me continuously buying short-term rentals. Yeah. There was kind of a moment and two moments, really. One was I tried to get a job at a company that I worked for before. And, you know, I left there on good terms. I crushed it when I was there. You know, I was doing a good job kind of climbing up the, the corporate ladder there as well. And the job that they offered me was the job that I had mentioned where it was a job that I, I was overqualified for. Like I, I knew to my core that the skill sets that I had and the ability that I had was going to be underutilized in that role. And along with that, the compensation was going to be far less than, than what I was accustomed to as well. 
And it was at that moment that I kind of had this epiphany that it's like, okay, that's what the job market is for me right now. Like if this is a company that already knows what I'm capable of, and this is the best that they're willing to offer me, like how many more companies had never, never heard of Tony J. Robbins, like, what are they going to do for me? So I think it was in that moment that I'd sit down with Sarah and my wife. And I was like, Hey, like, I think that the universe is kind of pointing us in this direction that we need to kind of pause and take a moment to really double down and bet on ourselves. And the, the craziest thing actually was that I lost my job on December 23rd. The first podcast episode that I was on for BP came out like six weeks before. And when I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, here's this opportunity that I thought that that was gone with stepping into the, the rookie show. And out of nowhere, that opportunity comes back. And then six weeks later, my job, the stability that I had with that, that gets taken away. It just kind of felt like those two things happened too close to each other for it to be coincidence, you know, for me not to capitalize on opportunity. So let's kind of tell the backstory of that too. When they first announced that there was going to be another Bigger Pockets podcast, that you were in the top three as a contender. And when you didn't get it that first round, like you said, you thought that it was over. And then less than a year later, you find out that you do get it and you're in now and then you get fired from your job. Do you want to just explain briefly like why you got fired? Because I think it's very important because there wasn't something that happened or you did a bad job. It was just like almost a weird situation that could happen to anyone. And I I think that's, you know, you don't have to say who you worked for or whatever, but just to, I think to briefly explain because this could really happen to anyone. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on it, but it wasn't performance related. Like I just gotten promoted, you know, I was crushing it. Like I was very well received by the leadership team there, but there was a policy that I wasn't too familiar with that I wasn't following, that my team wasn't following. And because I was the senior manager of this big organization, they felt that it was my responsibility to really know the ins and outs of all the different policies that my team should be following. So because this policy wasn't being followed in my organization, they said, hey, Tony, you're the you're the person that's responsible for making sure that that's in place. And, and they let me go for that reason. The reason I want to bring that up is because when you're working a job, when you're working for someone else, you don't have control over those situations. But now Tony, as the entrepreneur, he gets to make his own policies and gets to decide what happens. And I, I wanted to bring that up just to like showcase, like how constrained you are as an employee in your job. And of course, not all jobs at all, but just you have it so much better now. Especially being my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the best part. But I mean, but here's the truth, Ashley, is that the day that I got fired, I had coworkers, people who worked for me, they all reached out to me and said, Tony, you know, we, we can't believe that this happened. You know, we're, we're all going to miss you. But the company kept moving. Nothing stopped because Tony left. Right? The company didn't come crumbling down because I was fired. And I think that's the part that really stood out to me is that And this isn't me trying to like having this ego being like, oh my God, I was so important that, but it's just a humbling reminder that 99% of people who work at W2, if you die today, you would get replaced tomorrow and things would keep moving. Like there are very few people who are irreplaceable within their company. Even the people that start the companies, right? You think when Steve Jobs died and he left Apple, Apple has now become a a multi-trillion dollar company, even without Steve Jobs. 
And that's the truth about a lot of these W-2 positions is that even if you feel secure, even if you feel safe, you are one downsizing away, you are one merger away, you are one economic recession, you are one not getting along with your manager away from potentially losing your job. And I just feel blessed that I never fully relied on just my W-2 as my only source of, of income and financial security. And that while I was climbing that corporate ladder, I was also in the background building my own personal financial foundation that I could fall back on. Having those multiple income streams, because if one of those legs give out, no pun intended on my leg, you have another leg to stand on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, and that's such a, a great point as to, if you are working a W-2 job and you don't like it, or you don't want to be stuck in it, or you don't know if it's going to last forever, start building that side hustle, that side business, that real estate empire now, because there are so many ways to get started in real estate while working your full-time job. And I've seen this post so many times on Instagram lately is about how how your W-2 job should that money should be used to fuel your real estate business and to be putting that money into it. And that's what the purpose of your W-2 job is to feed into investing in real estate and you use those funds you make from your W-2 to buy properties, to invest in real estate, to pay for rehabs or whatever it is. And I think that's such a great point as to you don't have to quit your job to become a real estate investor. And there are people that make it work. Like they decide I'm quitting right now and I'm going to just be a full-time investor and go full-blown. But there's also people that work for 10 more years and build up their empire and use their W-2 job to kind of fund it and get it going. And then maybe they retire and quit their job. So there's so many different ways to do it. Yeah. I mean, and that's the the kind of situation we were in is where we were living on, I don't know, maybe like 30% of what we were making for my W-2 job. And the rest was just kind of like building our, our emergency fund, you know, which we ended up needing and kind of helping with the purchase of our short-term rental. So I'm, I'm definitely grateful and thankful for the income that I was given for my W-2 because it, it did kind of give me that foundation. But one thing I want to touch on, Ashley, because I think this is the part that doesn't get enough, like doesn't get talked about enough, is that I was scared. Did Sarah quit her job already at this point or was she still working? She was working a job that she wasn't super happy with. She ended up leaving that job and she, she used to work in like the entertainment industry. So she went back to that job, working in the promotions department and then COVID happened and then they shut down all of the promotions and marketing that she was doing. So she was out of work as well, right? Because of COVID. So neither one of us was working a W-2 job at that point in time. So it was, it was very scary for both of us to think like, oh man, we went from getting this really nice paycheck every two weeks, you know, these big bonuses every quarter to now having nothing coming in at all. So it was very scary. But I think what helped us get through it was A, that we had saved up a lot of money before and we knew that we had a long enough runway to at least make it through the year. And that's kind of the conversation that her and I had is like, okay, let's just give it 12 months. And if we can make it through the next 12 months and we feel good about where we're at, then okay, let, let's just kind of keep rolling with this thing. And we knew that we had enough savings to get us through the 12 months. The other thing is that we worked like crazy over those 12 months to really grow, right? It's like we had three short-term rentals when I lost my job and we're at 12 right now with under like five under contract. So we, we've grown a lot in that 12 months as well. So we had the financial cushion, we had the safety net, and then we, we worked really hard in the meantime to kind of bring everything together. But it was definitely a scary moment for us when it first happened. 
and I hear this a lot on like personal finance podcasts and in books, is that people who reach their financial independence and are living off their index funds or whatever, is that people always say to them, oh, what happens if the stock market crashes? And their answer is always, well, I'll just be like everybody else. I'll just go and get a job. <laughs> right. And they're like, right. if my worst case scenario is being like everybody else, I think I can live with that. And that's kind of the ultimatum you gave yourself is, okay, over the next 12 months, if I don't make it work, well, then I have to go and get a job, but you made it work. And I am so proud of you and Sarah, like just watching you guys over the past year and all you guys have accomplished has just been amazing. And I'm so proud of you guys. No, and I appreciate that, Ashley. And, you know, if there's like one final thing that I can share with people, I remember writing, you know, like I would journal and one of the things I would journal is part of like my goals and this is like when I was in college, before I'd even like got into the workforce, I would say my goal is that I want to be able to drop my son off at school and then pick him up in the afternoon. Like I specifically remember writing that down. And when I look up at the past year, it's like, that's literally the life that I've been able to live. It's like, I drop him off at school. I pick him up in the afternoon. I'm, I can take him to his basketball practices. I'm there for all his games. I can go to the gym in the middle of the day at 1.30 when nobody else is there. If I want to go on and take a trip, I don't have to ask for PTO or worry about having to deal with all this stuff. Like when I was working on W2, every Sunday night, I would spend maybe two to three hours like on my laptop, just like chugging through the emails that, that piled up during the week and just getting ready for Monday again. And like, I could just feel my energy like dropping every Sunday night. But now it's like literally every day to me feels like a Friday, maybe, yeah. right? It's like that same feeling that you have on Friday when you worked your W2 is how I feel every single day. And even though I'm not making nearly as much money as what I made when I was in my W-2, the freedom and the happiness that I feel is worth way more than that change in income. So I feel so... Fulfilled. Definitely fulfilled. But even like that moment of me getting fired, that could have been a terrible moment for so many people. But I feel so grateful that it's become, I think, one of the best things that could have happened to me because it set me on this path to a life that's the actual life that I've dreamt of for so many years. And it was that W-2 being taken away from me that forced me into this new life. So I'm, I'm grateful for for the what felt like a setback in the moment. I'm grateful for it now because I know it's what I needed to kind of step into this life. Yeah, Tony, I'll say it again. Like, I'm so proud of you guys and what you guys have accomplished. And I'm so excited to see where you have become and that you don't have to go back to work because, well, actually, <laughs> because the reason I'm excited is because we don't have to do a 6 a.m. Zoom meetings <laughs> anymore yeah. to accommodate your work yeah. schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so just like, so what Ashley's talking about, like when I was working on W2 and we were doing the podcast, I would be up at like 5.30 Pacific time so I can knock out the interviews before I started work. So I'm also glad I don't have to do that anymore either, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Joni, thank you so much for just being open and honest with everyone and kind of sharing that part of your story with us. And I, I hope that's beneficial to a lot of people, not maybe somebody who did lose their job recently, but also somebody who wants to leave their job. Like what are the things to do to prepare? Like have that cushion, have savings in place and have a business plan in place. Like you knew you were going after short-term rentals. You knew your focus, you knew what you're going to do. You had built your team. So having those things ready before you actually do leave your job and then worst case scenario, 
you go back to working a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Ashley at Wealth From Rentals and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. And don't forget, if you guys want to sign up for the Real Estate Rookie Boot Camps, I am hosting How to Get Your First or Next Deal. And Tony is hosting a short-term rental boot camp. So check them out on biggerpockets.com forward slash boot camps. And we will see you guys on Wednesday. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.